Today is March 22nd, 2020. <laughs> He's laughing already. Let's try that again. Today is March 22nd, 2020. This is Maelstrom Radio. Maelstrom Radio. to Maelstrom Radio. My name is Peter. With me, as always, is my host and compatriot and friend, uh, Quentin. <clears throat> Did you not hear me? Is that a problem? Uh-oh. I, I, I could hear you. Oh, okay. I can go. hear you. You just kind of right. cut off when you're like, hi, I'm Peter, and this is... Oh, no, maybe that was just a weird thing. Remember, Twitch is dealing with some weird stuff this week. With no, it was not on Discord either. Oh, yeah, it, it was. Could be my internet. Let's just hope it's, let's just hope that was just a weird bump. Hi, my name's Peter. With me, as always, is my co-host, best friend and compatriot. It's, it's Quentin. <laughs> I can, I can cut that out. It's fine. That we're good. All right, and then also we have spe- we, hey, we have a special guest with us, uh, a friend of the show, uh, our, our our friend Grim, uh, aka AJ Bishop, uh, who uh, is going to be giving us a, an interview on uh, being an artist for Lit RPG a little bit later in the show. Hi, hi, hey, Grim. Uh, so uh, as always, we usually start the show now with uh, what we've been doing since the last episode. Uh, I, I, I think we can jump right. I'm going to ask Grim, Grim, uh, what have you been gaming on this past week? I'm going to start with you. I've actually been throwing myself at Eden quite a lot in a Final Fantasy and as of yesterday, Animal Crossing. So a lot of good stuff, uh, been going on with both of those. That seems to be the game of the hour. Yeah. That Doom is great and all, but Animal Crossing is where it is at the minute. It seems to be holding people's attention better. I, I logged into my Switch today and a whole bunch of my friends were playing. I've just seen the posts on Twitter going crazy. It's, yeah. I have not gotten it yet. I, I'm not part of that group, unfortunately. I, I bought it for our producer. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you've been fishing. I That is true. I won't, I won't not admit that. I, I like fishing, but I like fishing in most games, so. That's, that's Except just, real life. Uh, uh, um, I, don't, I don't like fishing in real life. I will fish in any game, but don't. Uh, anyways. 
<laughs> uh, uh, for me, I've been playing, uh, uh, I don't know, we play, we did a, a game night on uh, Friday night with uh, the community, uh, socially distant gaming together. <laughs> uh, we played Jackbox games, and we had some new people show up and play with us, and uh, Sean was there, our friend Sean. So that was interesting. And then we got we got to hear one of the greatest names we've heard in a long time, which is Shorty O'Round Boys from our producer, Susan. Shorty O'Round Boys was the highlight of the night. Sure was. Uh, otherwise, I've been, I played a little bit of the Modern Warfare Warzone today. And I don't know. Other than that, uh, nothing. I'm just ready for Royal, uh, Persona 5 Royal and, uh, and Final Fantasy 7. That's... I'm 14 a little bit. I, I still Have you? Like, I, don't, I don't remember you being online at all. I was. I, it's been a, like a sort of a not non-hiatus hiatus. Like I'm just kind of like not taking it as hard as I did at the start of the ex- expansion. I feel if I go too hard now, like if I jump right back in, I'm, it might be like a, I need to step back for a while. And I don't do that. Small doses. That's fair. I have been doing a lot of 14 lately. I've finally got all of my gear up. I'm not sure what else I'm going to do now with it, but we were, we did uh, a couple of fun runs uh, with some of our friends over from, uh, I was playing with uh, Avi and Pete from She Hells I Tank last night. That was uh, entertaining. Don't ever let me run as a gun breaker ever. And uh, I, I did play a little bit of Pokemon, uh, what was it? Sword, yes, sword. Uh, cause I don't have animal crossing and I'm not planning on getting it because I know that I won't spend a whole lot of time with it, but in a, about a week or so, just over a week, uh, I am looking forward to, uh, the new persona five, uh, re-release or the, the remaster persona five Royale, which uh, is March 31st. So I'm planning on picking that up and playing that. I also was playing a little bit more kingdom hearts, uh, chain of memories, which is the, one of the game boy versions and it's terrible and i hate it but i want to complete it before i continue <laughs> moving on in the franchise so i'm slowly trying to work my way through that you could just watch all the cutscenes. <laughs> i could but i'm i'm trying okay. to play through all of these games yeah, now, yeah, so I, I get it i get it <laughs> i've put in like almost 10 hours into this game it's and i'm maybe gonna be like a quarter of the way through so we'll He's got to understand he's got to finish all of the games in sequence and then realize he still doesn't know what the hell's going on Oh, that's why I'm doing that. And also just because it seems fun. Kingdom Hearts 1 I really enjoyed. I feel like I will enjoy 2 and probably 3. But these like side, like mini, no. they're. And in chat here, we have Tal and Broadbent saying Gunbreaker is great. Susan questioning that I'm tanking. Uh, so we they accidentally queued into a 60 dungeon when I had never played Gunbreaker before. Then they can they started to pull things for me before I knew what any of my buttons, uh, I couldn't figure out where my tank stance was. So that was great. And then I finally, we completed the entire dungeon. I could, they gave me a few minutes. I reset all of my hot bars. We, we completed the dungeon. And then afterwards I was going through my gear so I wouldn't have an issue the next time. And I realized that I was using, uh, ranged, uh, DPS and, uh, caster DPS accessories. So that's why I'm never allowed to play Gunbreaker again. Diablo. <laughs> that's right. You were in hell. <laughs> you're just, you're, Before this, we did a, a random, I think it was a level 70 dungeon, and I did it as a skull. 
I don't like scholar. It's mm. Mm. so we just that was a whole experience. This is what you're missing out on Final Fantasy. Mm-mm. Don't think of it as a whole experience for yourself. Think of it as torturing the party. <laughs> but we knew the whole party. Like this wasn't random. That's why it was actually pretty fun. <laughs> but oh, that was rough. It could be me. I could play a ninja. I've never played ninja before. Just rolling. You haven't played anything but Dark Knight and a little bit of Paladin. That your argument's not bad. I play samurai every once in a while. If I play ninja, this ought to go down. You have to unlock ninja first. You don't even have like ninja unlocked. I don't think you don't get I the do. toad. I do have ninja unlocked. That is, that is. You'd just be a ninja bunny. Ninja thief. <laughs> Yeah, good, good question. Good. Do you have, well, yeah. no, not anymore. No, so it no. is ninja. It's ninja now. Remember, there's no uh, prerequisite classes. Well, there are technically, I guess. Still, there's no cross. Yeah, I was gonna say, is it thirty? Is it thirty? It's not thirty. A blue mage, <laughs> like blue mage. Anyway, news. Uh, Valve hints. <laughs> Valve hints at a return of the guard game artifact. Uh, Gabe Newell has had a busy week this week, and Valve dropped a little hinty poo about uh, the card game artifact. Also, did you know Gabe Newell still has an open email for like if you want to email him directly about like concerns, he'll he'll still read like users' emails. I found Which everyone does. Week. I think now. I, I guess, but it's weird. Like it's pretty. Like I don't think people knew that, but like he mentioned, he was like, "Yeah, people can still email me. I'll I'll respond." I was like, "Oh, all right." Well. Uh, so uh, so it's a mistake. Yeah, uh, artifact. <laughs> it might be. I'm I'm surprised. I I wonder how <laughs> how many like one Half Life three emails he's gonna get. Um, so I'm kind of excited. Artifact was kind of a fun card game. So the fact that they might be bringing it back, it, they, they, there were some strong hints, like a nice little like itty bitty teaser in a video. So uh, stay inside bundle on steam is 20 bucks from Edmund McMillan, the creator behind uh, binding of Isaac. You get uh, pretty much all, all things he cured. He somehow has had a hand in for 20 bucks. And that's all of it. All the binding of Isaacs, uh, Bumbo, all of it. You get all of it. And that's pretty cool. Uh, he's just trying to help uh, people stay inside. So, uh, Gabe Newell again says everybody benefits from the competition with Epic, uh, and and he went on to say that uh, in the like right now it seems like it's uh, like salty and and sad and, and people are upset. He's like, but in the long he's thinking in the long term it's actually a beneficial for Steam, Epic, and other platforms that may sell because competition is healthy. It, you know, like what Steam what Epic does helps improve Steam, and what Steam does help improve Epic, and origin is still confused so <laughs> ea will figure it out one day mm, no they won't doubt. yeah yeah nope <laughs> doubt. Mm-mm. uh someone Overwatch. will acquire ea one day yeah oh. uh, we we can only hope somebody with you know that's pure of heart uh overwatch it's new the hero <laughs> <laughs> don't don't say that they'll hear you uh, Overwatch uh, new hero Echo can duplicate enemies and use their abilities against them. 
it's 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 probably my new favorite hero. I, I dig that. I they, we should play Overwatch sometime. We should. A bunch of my coworkers play it, but I'm terrible at it. So someone needs to tell me how to play. Sure. The last time that we tried playing, we played with a bunch of really good people, and I just. Mm. We can play. I'm down. I'm always down. Susan. Susan Overwatch. wants to play Overwatch too. Susan plays May. I play, uh, I'll play pretty much anybody. I'm interested, once Echo's out of uh, PT, uh, out of their testing, uh, they've already nerfed Echo once already for being way too strong because of the duplication and the abilities against them. So I'm waiting to see how uh, Echo ends up in the once fully released. Uh, the Resident Evil 3 demo is now live. It is gorgeous. It's running the same engine as the Resident Evil 2 uh, game that came out last year. It's gorgeous. It's it's beautiful. I'm probably going to be streaming it Monday night. That's what I look like. I might be going through and playing. I, I I'm so glad they removed that bloody timer. Oh yeah. Oh for sure. For sure. Uh, it's it, it's just you could tell that their Capcom's really really uh, focusing on putting love back into Resident Evil. Like it lost its way uh, after four. It really lost its way. Yeah. So I'm, I'm really glad with between Resident Evil seven and uh, the remake of uh, two and three, it's, it's been, it's been a good time for survival horror fans. So I'm excited. And Nemesis looks yep. just so good. Just so good. I, I, I want to get my hands on the full game already. Three was always my favorites. So yeah, I, I want to see what they're doing with it. Yeah, and you can tell like they're just putting a lot of love back into their the series. So, and apparently, if you hear say Siri loud Sorry, enough, I your phone that. will activate Siri. So, <laughs> th- thanks, phone. Hey Siri. Nope. It's like just talking to Shushmexa in front of me. Um, I, I was gonna try to make a joke there, but then I forgot that I actually have that now, so my phone. Yeah, no, you don't want to. Yeah, uh, yeah so no. this one's this one's uh, this one surprised me. Senator Bernie Sanders will learn to play Minecraft if TikTok video gets six million views. So he made a promise that if his TikTok video gets six mil views, he will learn how to play Minecraft on Twitch. That just whole sentence got weirder and weirder as it got longer. <laughs> <laughs> I I really thought that a fever dream had happened when I first read it. <laughs> And I was like, is it April? For-? I had a look. I was like, is it April Fool's? Did an April Fool's joke like leak early? And nope, it is. That is real. That is a real thing. That is that is a true statement. Yeah, that, that's kind of something you double check with multiple news outlets. <laughs> I, I did. <laughs> that's how crazy it sounded. And that is a real thing. And uh, but he was on Twitch uh, yesterday or day before. So. I mean, the guys, the guys, uh, he's into the kids, right? Hanging out with the kids. Phrasing. Uh, yep. (laughs) Half-Life, Half-Life 2 Jurassic Park mod is now playable from start to finish. Uh, it's a pretty great looking mod. If you're a fan of Jurassic Park, the, the first movie, it is a, uh, faithful recreation of, of that movie as a game. Uh, using the Half-Life 2 engine. It's it looks great. They they modeled a lot of characters. They took a lot of care and work into it. Uh, they did a lot of dinosaur physics, surprisingly. <laughs> so uh, if half uh, if Half-Life 2 is still installed or if you ha- if you have access to it, uh, 
go and uh, install the mod. Also, I think Half-Life 2 is still free to play right now, so maybe download that on Steam and get the mod and play through it while you can for free. So, er. uh, so that's all we have for news. So let's go into our interview with uh, our friend Grim here and, and talk a little bit about uh, what he does, which is creating art uh, covers for Lit RPG and uh, the Lit RPG series and genre and community. So, uh, Grim, uh, welcome to Maelstrom Radio. Thank you. Uh, what? <laughs> I mean, you've been, I mean, you've watched us. So what is it like, real quick, is it any different from like being on the viewer watching an interview, like being on this side of it? A little bit. Uh, it's, I think I've, called into the show like twice maybe but beyond that it's kind of odd being the partial focus <laughs> as it was well but uh people are saying internet hiccup did my internet like freak out again i don't know it seems fine on my end but i'm not really watching the stream yeah all right well <laughs> let's hope let's just hope everything's okay anyway uh, let's get into it. So, Grim, uh, how did you get involved with the Lit RPG community? Uh, Lit RPG, I, I was literally looking for um, game guides originally when I was first looking for uh, something to go through and discovered on Amazon there was a whole genre open up to this thing. And I found a couple of uh, what's called Dungeon Cores, which is essentially Dungeon Keeper versions of books uh, where the main character is either a primary adventuring party or it's the actual dungeon itself trying to build up to protect itself. And it's like, it's a whole genre. There's MMOs, there's board games, there's uh, Civ Simulator books. There's all sorts of things. And it's like, I I found two or three authors that I really enjoyed and just went, I'm going to do fan art for some of these characters. And that apparently got me uh, looped into doing commission work and commission work turned into actual book covers. And it's become a career at this point. Do you do just uh, mostly like one book, one series, or there are like multiple um, authors that you work with now? Uh I'm only currently working with one author, but several have shown interest. It's just they have no idea what they want at this point. And that, that seems on to top be the of that, it's finding, yeah, it's finding the time to do all of that sort of work if I did take it up. Because a cover can take me a couple of weeks with the amount of effort put into it. So but, uh, what is lit RPG, you know, game lit and dungeon core? Like what, what are they? Uh, the practical term is essentially literature, RPG game literature and dungeon core is a subgenre with in that, uh, lit RPG as it is. Uh, words hard. <laughs> Welcome to uh, our life. Yeah. Yes, essentially. This RPG is pretty straightforward. It's literature based in an RPG setting. It's either the characters in the world have gained access to RPG-like mechanics or their players entering an MMO 
or it's in another world where they have been given certain abilities that are RPG-like. So they put points into their skills, they gain abilities, they gear up, and eventually, essentially go off on adventures. Uh, Gamelits can be essentially the same. It still has game-like mechanics, but it can spread into other genres, such as civilization building, uh, shooters. Uh, there's a couple that are focused on like uh, puzzle games. And Dungeon Core, again, is essentially Dungeon Keeper with a lot more control <laughs> and, uh, and was where I uh, first discovered them and have become my favorite genre of the books currently. So the, the Dungeon Core is your favorite. Is that kind of where you started, where you found it first and when you started doing the fan art for it or were you doing it for uh, more? I, like I found the Dungeon Core's first and uh, found only a couple of authors actually writing them. And then because I was looking them up, I was getting uh, recommendations for other books and audiobooks from all of these other authors in this genre. And eventually I came across uh, Daniel Schinhofen, who I now work for, and his book um, series that's now concluded, Alpha World, it, which is one of the big, bigger series and one of the more popular ones. It's set in a a brand new MMO with this guy who's stuck in the game 24-7 due to his own choices. And uh, it, it spoke to me. The character spoke to me because he is very based on character building rather than the actual game itself. And whilst all that's there and the story's going on and there's quests going on, it's focused on the characters and it's like, I'm going to draw these people. And apparently that uh, caused a reaction because uh, one of his uh, characters is um, what's called a uh, Lunari, which is a tiger person. And all he's ever put in the books is a tiger-striped Lunari. I did a tiger colors. She's meant to be a white tiger, and he hadn't found that for five books. And yeah, apparently that caused a bit of a rant as he searched for all of his books. And he started hiring me to do commission work just to see how I operated. And then the next thing I know, I'm getting a massive tablet in the mail and uh, a steady paycheck. Surprise. Yeah, essentially. I, I am so glad someone was home to pick it up. Did you, did you just <laughs> draw yourself into a job? Is that how that worked? Yes. Yes, that's exactly what I did. I have no idea how I ended up here, but I'm not complaining. That's amazing. There, there's very few people, I think, that could say, like, I'm doing my dream job and I and I fell into it like and i got there by doing what i like yes yeah. and, and i still I mean, don't know how i'm here <laughs> yeah but there's two or three who have similar stories as me but there are many of us because truth be told there's only five or six different artists who work in this rpg uh primarily the rest of them are deviant art or professionals who quote unquote professionals who just dash out the work and don't really care for the medium so it's been very, it's, it's been insane, frankly. <laughs> and in a good way, I hope. Yeah, it's great. I'm doing my dream job. I get to pick my hours. And as long as I get the work done. Work from home too. That's pretty great. Yep. It's like, oh, there's, some, there's, some, there's something going on. Uh, I'm going to stay home and act as normal. I don't go anywhere anyway. So you mentioned that you like you started you eventually progressed up to some of the um, doing covers for these thing for these books. Um, are there any specific ones that you want to mention or, or that 
you are particularly proud of that you've created or uh, fan work um, or, or other things? The, the, I, I've worked in almost all of uh, Daniel Schoenhofen's series now, um, but there are only a couple of covers that I am really proud of. Uh, my first cover for Apocalypse Gates 3, and I believe it was Alpha World... Uh, just getting the number. And my cover for Alpha World 7, which is the logo that's currently up on the uh, stream right now, are some of my favorite works uh, that I've done for him. And it's like every single cover he's given me, he's deliberately trying to push my boundaries and trying to make me improve. And he, I, I know he's deliberately doing this because he cackles. Are, are you saying you're hired <laughs> by an evil genius? <laughs> Oh, we call him the Ogre Lord. So, <laughs> yes. Fair enough. Things you can get away with in this genre, in this line yeah. of work. Uh, the, the amount he can get away with in this. Just when you walk with him into a gaming shop and he just starts taking board games and books off the shelves and it's counted as research material. I, I don't I don't think I've ever walked I could walk into a game store and be like this is a tax write off. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I wasn't expecting that. It's like okay, I'm just going to go and find a couple of nice RPG books I can read through and then he's just saying put them in the pile. What? Put them in the pile. <laughs> Do you- and it's a tax write off. So I have to ask, you said that there are other artists and do you feel being new to this the I guess to the group of artists do you feel that that you have to like aspire to be like them? Or are you just saying, hey, you know what? I, I appreciate what they've done and I'm just going to do my own thing because I love what I'm doing. And I and, and you have uh, clearly have a, 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 a the ogre lord who is clearly pushing you to be better. Uh, so do you feel like there's any competition or do you feel like you have to just try to be better because of these other artists? I, I'm honestly I feel like I am behind and all of these other artists, because some of these are very photorealistic characters. A lot of them have these really detailed backgrounds and characters. Excuse me. And it, it, it feels like I'm playing catch up, but at the same time, I've, I'm talk and watch streams of three or four of them, and they're great people. They like to help out each other as much as they can, because if we can keep the business within us, that's a lot of money. And other artists actually don't really care about the genre. Some of them think it's cool when they find out this is an actual thing. It's like books and video games. Okay, I'll read a couple of those. But as an artist, it's a very small community. And the few who I've talked to who don't care who do covers are either thinking I'm an author trying to poach them or thinking, or thinking I'm direct competition and going out of their way to be uh, snide. And it's been a whole thing. It's like when I first got into this, I went out of my way to go and find these people just so I knew what the medium was like. And the ones who are directly involved, who actually have a passion for the covers they're creating, they're fabulous people. They're they're gamers, they're just like us. But the ones who are outside are, yeah, it's a job for them. So with that being said, do you feel uh, also uh, that there is a uh, natural uh, 
like this community. But do you feel like the, the artists had just kind of look at like like you said there? Hey, this is really cool. Do you do you feel that like if they ever broke into this, like it's it's just a game over at that point? Or do you feel like they're they just don't see what like they just don't get it? Like I, I can say like. For example, like people don't say video games are art because they just may not get it. Do you feel that's the same situation? Like even though they're artists, they may not see what you're doing or why it's important. There's a couple of people like that. There's people who think that what I'm doing isn't a job and I shouldn't be getting paid for it and I should get off my ass and go get a nine to five. And there's been people in my immediate family who do that. <laughs> but hey, uh, artists. Yes. Pay your artists, pay your commissions, because, but see, the thing about artists, we talk to each other. If you don't pay one, others know almost immediately, and your, na- your username gets bandied about. There's a whole blacklist of about 400 names that uh, we refuse to do business with. Damn. But th- th- this whole marketplace, there are so few artists in it, most of the authors are literally going to sites that pre-make covers using photos or graphic design and just buy pre-made covers because there are not enough artists in the genre. So we want more in here who actually care, who actually wants this to be where they stake their claim because it just means more people we can talk to. Do you find that there's also some, especially with a lot of newer um, authors or or people who are new or self-publishing, kind of like a disconnect between uh, the services that you want to provide, like custom cover art and such, and the uh, price ranges that are viable for this sort of... It's, honestly, that varies from person to person. Some of these artists I've seen doing hundreds of dollars, and then you look at their art and going, yeah, I can see that. But some of these people, that there is one particular artist who literally does essentially stick figures and they want uh, they want hundreds for doing stick figures for covers or doing wireframes and it's like you've just taken a 3d uh, a 3d editor and taken a snapshot that's not what you should be getting paid for the artist could have uh, the writer could have done that but uh so it's not like kingdom <laughs> of loathing esque like <laughs> I'd, yes. I'd, pay, I'd pay for that <laughs> be honest it's kingdom to- of loathing level to, to be fair, there uh, there is two, I think three now, different authors who do uh, Kingdom of Loathing-esque books and their covers uh, display that. And that, they are hilarious. That's fantastic. <laughs> that's but, fantastic. Uh, <laughs> I'm not going to lie, that's really fantastic. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, the, the, the Lit RPG now is 10, 12 years old. Game Lit is maybe 8 years old. And we're getting new authors every day. The, the, the trouble comes in when you've got authors who are writing a fantasy book based in a game and trying to push it into the genre without including the extra bits that you expect from a game. Like, oh, he's never leveled up in this entire book. He's never geared up. He's never allocated stat points. Uh, he, he's never gotten a quest. It's just set in the realm. And th- there's a very fine line between fantasy and this RPG or game lit. Because I, I, that was going to be another question of mine. Like, because we have games like uh, World of Warcraft that release books for, for um, you know, the expansions. And back in the day, they released a lot of books based in, in, during the RTS days. 
and uh, we know D&D releases books based in the realms. Uh, for people like yeah. me who know more about that side and less about like the lit RPG side, do you feel, can you, could you like maybe like explain to me like adding that extra bit of flair? Do you feel like there's more of a, like, it's not just a story about like so-and-so in, in, uh, you know, in, it's not about like Garrosh and, 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 you know, famous Warcraft characters dealing with like all the, the stuff that you're not dealing with until the expansion. Do you feel like it's more of a, like you're involved with these characters and their choices and stuff like that? Yeah. Uh, most of the time it's, you're following a person who's decided to log in or got trapped in the game or has been sent to another world and is going through this. And you're following that character, his interactions or her interactions. But there are also books out there that literally follow the NPCs because in a world where the NPCs are as intelligent as the people, some of these NPCs are really weirded out by these very odd people who are dancing on the mailbox. And it's, it's very much uh, pick your poison in the genre right now because there are so many authors with so many different books. If you do a search for like World of Warcraft, you may, uh, or books based on the same type of world, you'll get stuff like Alpha World. You'll get stuff like uh, Room, uh, what's it called? Uh, Room Scrap. Uh, you'll get a bunch of other books that are based very similar to WoW uh, in terms of world and NPCs. But you'll, you can also find stuff that's very similar to Call of Duty. You can find stuff that's very similar to... Uh, th th there's a bunch of low, uh, roguelike books that's have the MP that have the protagonist dying over and over and over and trying to uh, make his way through this massive labyrinth. So you're telling me there's there is a just so I'm clear there is a book series that's rogue that's based on roguelikes that it's essentially a choose there your own adventure that's a choose your own adventure where I don't choose the adventure and the guy still dies. As essentially, that there is only two that I know of that've done choose your own adventure, but they take so long to write because it's so much extra work that it's been a year between books for the series that I know of. But for the most part, it's just following the protagonist and watching him make those mistakes and then resetting and going through as he's learning to be a better player, a better person, interacting with the people who follow with. It's pretty expansive. And in chat here, I'm not even going to try to pronounce the name. ZTSHP uh, said Isekai is also, isn't always lit RPG either. Yeah, uh, you, no. you're not just that. Those two things are not <laughs> synonymous by far. <laughs> yeah, no. That that whilst there are there are books where a character is dumped in another world or they've died and been planted in another world. Sometimes it's planted in a game world. Sometimes it has nothing to do with magic or fantasy or anything, and they're just dumped in this whole new realm and have to figure out the rules. Um, uh, Daniel's book, Binding Words, is a prime example. It's a guy who dies in a bar fight against uh, the uh, Norse god Thor, who's a biker, and it gets transported to this mystical realm where the Fae Queens have taken over, and he's been given all these powers that make him extraordinary, even compared to the powerful in that world. But he can fake it enough where he can just about get through the radar, and he starts... Uh, 
attracting all of these people to him because he has this power and he's charismatic and he's changing the world around him because one of his powers literally breaks the world and its rules because that's exactly what it was meant to do. That's, that's pretty crazy. I, I have to ask you, is there, are there any books that have done the reverse where instead of the person going into the game world where they've pulled the game world into the, our world? <laughs> There is, oh, what's the book name? That there are two books where the world's been discovered to be a simulation and we've lost sort of thing. And we, we've been reset a hundred times and off you go. Now you've got to survive and this is your last chance. There's also ones where, oh, the gateway to this game world has opened and the creatures are coming through. And there's also ones where the creatures, the NPCs and stuff have been transported to our world and trying to make it. It's like, I'm a freaking elf, and I'm in a city with all of this technology. Ooh, donuts. <laughs> all right. <laughs> They're not wrong. So I'm glad you said that, because there is a video series uh, that I, I watch. I love watching. Uh, uh, I, I'm pretty, Grim, you might know. Do you know the Gamers series at all? The the movies? Yes. All right. So yeah. do you ha- have you been keeping up with like the show where the, like, the, the characters are trying to get back into the game world? <laughs> I have not, but I've been hearing decent things about it. It's it's pretty good. Uh, the the elf, the wood elf, uh, got a job as a Santa as elf helper, and he's <laughs> he's addicted to peppermint sticks, and he would steal like he got in trouble oh, for stealing God. them. It's pretty great. Like he has to wear a band, he has to wear like a bandana to like hide his ears and stuff. It's pretty fantastic. It's and the rogue becomes a lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't surprise me. They're about as honest. <laughs> so I'm yeah, gonna have to a lot more work in being a lawyer than being a rep. He only did it so he can get himself out of jail. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, there is another series that I'm particularly fond of called uh, Rogue Dungeon, which is a character from a different fancy land gets dropped into a game world and now he's got to figure out all of this stuff he's got floating windows appearing in his face he's got these dungeon mechanics he's got to work out and this is a guy from a fantasy realm he doesn't know what an mmo is and he it's fun watching him work it out as he figures out what players are and what npcs are and what makes it worse is he's been dumped in this realm instead of being an elf now he's a troll and it's like, yeah, it's, it's a great series. <laughs> so um, is there any differences between uh, like lit RPG and like standard fantasy books and, and science fiction books out there right now? Uh, there, as I said earlier, there, there's a slight fine line between fantasy and lit RPG because lit RPG doesn't have to be based strictly on fantasy. You can, there are space books, there are civilization books that are literally about those genres, but a lot of people have been writing strict fantasy books and trying to pop them in the genre, saying, oh no, it's set in a game world. It's like, so where are the mechanics? When does the MC log out? When do they actually go and do actual human stuff they need to do? Because somewhere in that, the MC, if it's in a set in an MMO, you've got to log out and do your day-to-day stuff and then come back and that's a good chance to have the game progress whilst you're not there. But that doesn't happen in a lot of these books. A lot of them are either 
trying to cash in on the name because after Ready Player One, Liz RPG exploded with a bunch of new authors. Some of them can't write to save their lives or need better editors. Or you've got these people who are desperately trying to milk the thing. And I, I've literally seen books on Amazon that's about 100 pages. And a couple of, most of the pages are blank because they've skipped and they're charging six, seven dollars a piece for these when most little RPGs go before about three dollars. <coughs> that and, is not yeah. cool. That's not cool at all. That's like that. Yeah. It, it, that, that's so unfortunate because that gives the, the, that could give the genre a bad name, right? Like it, it could yeah. say. And, and yeah, as you said, it has given some people the wrong impression. It's like, oh, these people are just after my money. It's like there's only a scant few of them, and Amazon does what it can. But it's still very much along the lines of there are so many good authors, so many fantastic series that are going on. And because these guys work for themselves for the most part, they're getting a book out every couple of months. So your series continues rapidly rather than getting oh, the next lesson of Ritz is out this year. It'll be five years before the next. If you're lucky. If you're lucky. I'm still waiting on the third book in the King Killer Chronicles, <laughs> so don't... <laughs> don't right. uh, Pat- <laughs> I, listen, I get it. Like, Patrick Rothfuss is... He, he's he, like I. Hey, I get it completely. Shin and I took a break for, for a year for mental health reasons. He's, he said, like, listen, I, was, I had to take a break for mental health. I get it. I'm not... But I, I want both back. <laughs> I really like that story. <laughs> Just going to put out there Game of Thrones and Wheel of Time. Yes, they take forever to publish, but they've got other uh, responsibilities they've got to take off. I don't think we're getting Game of Thrones. I found his blog and I remember like he could have been writing. He's like, I'm at a festival enjoying time with my friends. I'm like, what are you? Are you writing? What's going on? I think he's I, just- I, I liked um, the, the uh, tweet from his publisher was uh, we'd have the book in editing by now, but someone's playing video games. And a picture of him literally playing Xbox. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, called out. Uh. Yeah. But uh, the, this whole thing is there are so many authors and new ones coming in. You may find someone that absolutely clicks with you who've just started publishing. And the way it works for little RPG and GameLit, is most try to keep a three to four month schedule for their series and work on one, maybe two series at a time. And then do a rotation from there. And you're getting a book, you're getting six, seven books every year. Which Um, is. So that brings up a a, a good question then. Uh, So you said that some people can, can usually pump out a book pretty quickly, like, like almost like a month apart from each other. Uh, so what's the difference between why, why would, why would a short story not do so well? Like, is it just because they can create that content so much on the fly? Like it's, 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 it's evolving or is it that no one's written a good short story? <laughs> Honestly, short stories don't seem to sell very well. Um, there have been several books that are collections of short stories and for whatever reason, they just don't sell. Uh, again, Alpha World, which is Daniel's most popular series. He released uh, what he called NPC Lives, and if it did well, he would release one for each of his series, pretty much going into the various NPCs of the world and going through their backstories and what's going on with them. It's his worst-selling book. 
And that tells when it's the most one of the more popular series. It's in the top five series of this RPG, and it flunked. And there are people who uh, go onto sites like Royal Road, which is a really good site for publishers posting a chapter at a time, where they just do short story format, and they're not getting the response that the major books are getting. Because even though they love the ca- people love these characters, they love these stories, they want to follow the protagonist. They want that story to continue. <clears throat> Do you think and, that a short story could work if it took place behind the scenes, like with characters, like even though like, hey, listen, I have enough content. I'm put, pumping out the rest story. But in between, I can do like this, you know, in between my next book, I always put out like a little short story that doesn't really necessarily connect the books, but falls like this one little one off character. And it could be like something funny and lighthearted that it doesn't give too much. Do you think that would do well? That that's can do okay. Uh, a lot of authors have actually done like small short stories in the back of their books after their closing blurb and the links they have to put into the back of the books due to Amazon now. Um, but a lot of them do that and then sell the short stories on the, or put the short stories on their Patreons or on their Twitters or on their websites or on their newsletters. And they give them out that way because it's better to give them away than actually try to make money on them because that will give you more context in the world as well as convince people to buy the next big book. Uh, the short stories themselves just really don't do well. And we're not sure why. <laughs> That's kind of a genius idea though. Like you haven't, heard, you don't hear about that uh, too much anymore. Like people used to give out short stories. Like, like when you see a collection of short stories, authors who would give out short stories like they would do it like to to get their name out there uh so it's an interesting concept that that it's being done still just you don't hear about it too too often like early on authors would just be like here here's a or they would use a different name and drop it just to see like to test uh stephen king was uh <laughs> stephen king was notorious yeah. for that <laughs> in his early writings yeah so uh, that's but, pretty cool, yeah. though, like because if I didn't know, uh, like, let's say if I wasn't introduced to a, a book series and I read a couple of those short stories, I might hop in. I mean, like I, I dig the writing and I'd be in for it. Yep, yeah, there are also a couple of authors who, if you sign up to the newsletter, they will give you a book or give you a code to get a free book for the or some of them even sell their first book for no cost at all on Amazon because it gets you into the series. It gives you a taste of what their work is. There are a lot of them that actually do that now, especially with Amazon changing its terms of services around. So now they are focusing heavily on the publishers because they got thrown a lot of money and they realized that the indie authors were making a lot more than the publishers were. <coughs> Excuse that, me. No, you're fine. Uh, that That's... Dude, that's so crazy. That's so like it's it's so interesting to me. Like now I'm gonna like have to like seek out a, like I know Shin had given me a book, and I read it. It was really good. Uh, I don't think I like got the the second book. I'm pretty sure it came out. I just never went out and saw it. Uh, it's a series. I can't remember which one I sent you. There's probably like three or four at this point. Yeah, they come so, out fast, like Grim was saying. Yeah, yeah, they come out like, every couple of months. Oh man, I don't know. Man, you, you never see me again. Uh, so. Uh, <laughs> I, I mean, uh, so the, go go ahead, Grim. Sorry. Go ahead. I, I mean, Daniel's on 
currently a five book cycle and he has t- two mainstream books so he does a main so he does a main series he starts something new he does a main series he goes back to one of the series he's previously done and then resets and depending on how well they sell he may add those into the the rotation. So he's getting out three or four different series repeatedly throughout the year. And he, the last book he just released has blown our sales out of the water. So that was kind of interesting to watch. I, I and it's like, yeah, so that's a new. So, so I'm going to ask like uh, two questions, but the first one I want to ask is I'll ask this and I'll ask the second question. So uh, where, where can you see some like lit RPG and like current, culture like where, where would you where would where would i find it with the person who's probably the least knowledgeable about it um honestly as much as i hate to admit it ready player one is considered lit rpg it's set in a game world there are game mechanics in the book uh if you get the audiobook it's read by will Wheaton. it's a good stepping on point and from there a lot of the time the suggestions will lead you to other this RPG based things. Um, even uh, a lot of forums on uh, s- different games, uh, RuneScape, Final Fantasy, a lot of them have been. Uh, uh, what's it called? No, a lot of them have. This RPG has been popping up on their forums like, oh, this has this mechanic and this has these sayings from this game. And it's been getting people in slowly like that. <coughs> Okay, so you kind of answered both my questions. <laughs> so <it's, laughs> fair, fair enough. You knocked them both out <laughs> one shot. Uh, so we'll ask you uh, maybe one or two more questions, and we'll we'll uh, we'll get you out of here. Uh, so, uh, what are the advantages of working with a, a game rather than a uh, a fantasy world? Uh, the main advantage is if you don't like how something reacts or you- the people reading it give you feedback saying that the uh, they don't like this mechanic in the game world. You can patch that in your next book. You can have the game come down and have it patched and then say, oh, a week has progressed and the NPCs have known you've been gone for a week. And that can make for very interesting story beats. And you can change things constantly by having the devs not knowing what the hell the player base wants and keeps changing things. Does that work better in this sort of genre? Because there's a lot of issues with like retconning things in other It actually works with it. How often have you been kicked out of a game on a Tuesday night when the uh, servers have to come down for standards patching? In most of the games avoid major changes. It's usually slice of life stuff. It's like, oh, we've added new guilds, guild housing, or we've added this, or we've added that. We're taking away this OP ability. <laughs> and a lot of books can do that. New game experience. Yes. Yeah, new game plus. <laughs> there there no, are no, a no, bunch no. of books. The NG, Star Wars Galaxies. Oh, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh. There, there, there has been several that have done that, and the, the amount of uh, comments they get is uh, interesting, because people are like, I can't believe you did that. This was my favorite series. What have you done? Wait for it. Read the next one. See what happens. But you've also got 
the books that are set in alphas or set in betas. And they are constantly crashing or having bugs that will need fixing or players going out deliberately to find bugs to mess with the developers. And it's a whole thing. It it gives you so much more to play with than you could going, I'm going to go into a fancy realm and fight a dragon. I'm going to go into a fancy realm and fight a dragon. And oh, look, the floor's glitching. Have fun falling into the darkness. That's pretty great. It's <laughs> pretty, pretty great. Yeah. You, you have a lot to play with just by using standard MMO tropes and the things that exist. That's fantastic. That is really fantastic. I, you know what? I'm, I'm just going to have to go after the show and go look at things. <sighs> Sign up for some newsletters. That's what I did this show. Sign up for some newsletters. <laughs> Never saw them again. I mean, you, you're not seeing half the people that started playing Animal Crossing. I already accepted that I haven't, I have not talked to most of those people. I mean, they, they are gone. You're going to be gone once Breath of the Wild 2 comes out. So, yes, I mean, that's, that's going to be everyone next year. Yeah, yeah, that's all, that's everybody. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's all right. Well, uh, Grim, thank you. I've learned so much. Hey, hey. Oh, you have one more question. I do have a question. I, it was a really good question, and I don't think we asked. But when you're when you're building some of these covers and, and such now, what's kind of the process that you go through it uh, for? I'm my position has changed slowly over time. Originally, he was just giving me the covers and saying, "Can you draw this?" And then I was sending him every different change to a rough draft until he was happy with the rough, and then lining and coloring. Now I actually get the books as they're written by chapter. And my, my job now is read the chapters, pick out scenes, and do scenes from the book as a cover. Because a lot of these other books, they just slap on a beautiful woman, they show some carnage, or it's a stock photo. But it's nothing that's actually in the book. Daniel's rules are very specific. If it's on the cover, it happens in the book. That's and a pretty good thing. It's both amazing and torturous because sometimes it's like, no, you get back in there and finish this chapter. <laughs> because especially his new series that he's currently writing, it's like, no, you need to write more. Because I'm getting them chapter by chapter and I, I've gotten into the habit of uh, waiting five or six days and then binging five chapters. <laughs> I just say, no, no, give it. need that feed. Yeah, essentially. I mean, he, he became my favorite author. I became, then began working for him. I'm in heavily invested in making sure my work is as good as I can give it. So for <clears throat> anyone who's new to the genre or, or new to this whole series that might be listening or watching, are there any books that you would recommend uh, to introduce themselves to the series or that you would like, what are some of your favorite books? Honestly, um, the Alpha World series is my favorite, and it's what got me into this work in the first place. Uh, Apocalypse Gates is great if you like apocalypse-based worlds that's set in a, essentially a death game. Uh, I will throw in a massive pin in that and saying adult content, harem content for that one. A uh, lot of people have started reading that and gone, but this is adult content. What did you do? And uh, 
the, the newest one that he just released, the newest series, uh, Aether's Revival, uh, book one, Aether's Blessing, just released uh, this month and has been fantastic. And that's essentially a magical academy with a uh, cultivation-based magic system, which is the people getting stronger over time as they actually train. And uh, the apocalypse, as I said before, with the Apocalypse Gates, Apocalypse Gates Book 6 will be releasing in May 1st. And the cover for that was a torturous experience, but it's turned out great. That sounds like a lot of your more recent covers is they're all sort of like torturous experiences that are afterwards. As I said, when we first started, DJ likes to push me to do better with each and every cover. And he enjoys doing this. <laughs> but And as much as I may complain about covers giving me trouble, I'm always happy with them towards the end because it's like my, I can tell my art's improving with each and every cover. Even if no one else can see the little details, I can see that. And that's not something that a lot of artists actually get with their day-to-day. <clears throat> that's got to feel great, though, when you know that you're... It is. You have that kind of working relationship where you're... you're boss is helping you improve and you see the improvements and then therefore it like it feeds into it's like cyclical it's it feeds into everything so uh that's always nice and uh meowth uh if you if you're not going to be able to go get books at the library maybe you can get some uh seek out some free lit rpg uh books and you can read those on your from your uh computer or yep especially right now a bunch of authors because everyone's stuck indoors are giving series away for free on amazon so it's a good time to just grab a book. There you go. Can't hurt. All right. Uh, Grim, do you have anything uh, else for us tonight? Um, nope. Uh, the book releases, I'm just starting uh, a cover for his newest series, which is going to be a Western fantasy with RPG mechanics. So Old West meets... Uh, meets a Weird West, meets RPG, and that's actually going to turn out very well because it's the one I keep going, you need to write more of this. You need to give me the next chapter now. So, a lot of good stuff coming. I dig Westworld, so I'm about it. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh, All right, Uh, Grim, uh, where can they find you? They can find me at uh they can either find me on twitter over at uh aj bishop 18 i didn't choose the 18 they gave it to me <laughs> or they can find me on my art station uh which is artstation.com grimhelm where you can see my covers some process arts and other side stuff and there's always shinhofenbooks.com which is where you can find the various series you can find all the fan arts and keep up with what DJ's actually writing. Perfect. Thank Grim. Thank you so much. Uh, th- and thank you for uh, coming on and, and teaching us about uh, lit, par- lit RPG and what you do in the genre. And uh, of course, supporting us for years. You've been you've been around since. Uh, no, <laughs> I've been around since Quest. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So. So yeah. 
But oh. it's been my pleasure. I, I love your guys' show. And frankly, this is a perfect format to get people knowing more about this genre because the amount of people that don't know is frankly appalling. You, you'd think a they'd be all over this. genre relative. Yeah. And it's like, you're playing games all day. You, you should be reading this stuff. <laughs> Fair enough. Very true. Fair enough. Uh, so uh, let's see. I, I know we have to end the show, but before that, uh, we have some uh, just some just some house cleaning stuff we gotta we gotta do here. I, I have to insult a few people now. I uh, here we, we can do that after the stream. Sure, we can do that after the stream. So uh, then uh, <laughs> do that on the stream. Uh, Shin, do you want to go ahead and uh, promote us? Sure, you can find us live every other week, Sundays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern. On the opposing weeks, we will be doing game streaming on our Twitch channel at twitch.tv forward slash Maelstrom Radio. Uh, you can find all of our archives, historical recorded shows, and other posts uh, on our blog at maelstromradio.com, where you can also find all of our links to our social media and uh, other forms of contact. If you want to come and chat with us, come out and uh, join our Discord. You can find us at maelstromradio.com slash Discord. Uh, you can also email us if you have any questions, comments, um, notes. Uh, if you want to be on the show, if you have anything you want to tell us, if you just want to yell at us, uh, show at maelstromradio.com. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, etc. Uh, find all those links on our website. Awesome. Uh, all right. Well, Grim, you want to want to say goodbye to everybody? Yep. Uh, thanks for having me. Hope you all have a great day. Uh, everyone, stay safe. Thank you for being here. All right. All right. Uh, gonna, we're going to roll out and end the show. Uh, but I'm going to ask everybody in chat, please stay with us uh, for a few minutes. I'm going to re you've all redeemed a lot of things. Uh, I'm going to I'm going <laughs> to uh, just so <laughs> the, the listener knows I've added a new thing on our Twitch page where I could I insult you, but it's not harmful in any way, I promise. Uh, and a lot of people have redeemed it. So I have a line and then we're going to go raid somebody. So. Uh, I'm going to play us out and get us out of here and we can uh, do all that. I want to thank every single one of you that showed up for this. Uh, I appreciate uh, the time that you spent with us uh, here on Sunday. Uh, I want to thank Grim, of course, uh, for hanging out and uh, letting us know more about Lit RPG and being a good friend of the show. Uh, remember, please be safe uh, out there and, and, and practice social distancing uh, we do care about all of our, our friends and listeners and, and viewers of the show. Um, take care of yourselves. Until next time, keep listening. Maelstrom Radio is a production of maelstromradio.com and Blackfire Media Productions. Today's episode is produced by Flatus, Schimpfer, and Susan Sprinkle. Logo and artwork by Mary Larkins. Find them over at themarylark.com. Intro and outro are provided by MDK. Find his music over at mdkofficial.bandcamp.com. Views and opinions expressed on this episode belong to Maelstrom Radio and their hosts and do not reflect the views and opinions of the companies discussed on today's show. 